Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast, real estate investing for entrepreneurs, is Eric Seropian. He is an SEO and SEM expert, standing for search engine optimization and search engine marketing. So if you're looking for ways to have your business or your products or your jujitsu schools or your real estate business or whatever it is, rank higher organically on Google, or you're interested in cutting that curve a little bit and investing in some money and investing in a smart budget of real good keywords that can get there without really killing your budget and wasting your time and your energy and your money, definitely listen to this podcast because Eric has a really good background on how to do this. He worked with businesses and entrepreneurs. He understands how to play the algorithms to get some organic traffic that sticks over time. And as we start to talk about a lot over the course of this episode, he speaks the language of Google, which there's some interesting plays here to really relate back to life, especially trying to find a ways to hack things. And then all of a sudden they switch up the algorithm that hacks no good anymore, or just putting the time in to really learn to do it the right way from the beginning. And then you have longevity in there. So I think those shortcuts are trying to find the easy way instead of just really trying to understand how to work with something rather than against it is really something you should be paying attention to in everything that you do, which again, bring your A game. Don't take your shortcuts. So I appreciate him coming on. As I said, in the episode, SEO and SEM is way above my pay grade. Pay grade. It's like LLCs and asset protection, all that stuff. I leave it up to the professionals. I leave it up to the attorneys. I leave it up to all those different people that specialize in it, such as Eric himself. So you can see all the notes and all the ways to connect with him on our website. And of course, this is brought to you by Nationwide Business Capital Group. If you need money for your real estate deals, I don't care what your situation is, go to nicknicknick.com slash links and under affiliates, click the link to get money from Marianne. She will set up a call with you and she will figure out exactly what types of deals we can get you funded for, how much, and try to get you the best rates and terms for your specific situation. Reach out to her today. Tell her we sent you for the red carpet treatment. While you're there, if you would like to check out Reva Global, Zach Bobcat's podcasting course, or you would like to look and get some discounted CBD, we have William Brandon from Naked Warrior Recovery CBD and he is going to give you 20% off with the promo code AGAME. So check that out. Great sponsors, great people, great products, all supportive of the podcast. So please support them back. Once you have talked to Marianne and figured out what kind of funding she can get you, or if you have your own funding already, and you would like to figure out how we can work together in real estate, whether you want to buy stuff from me, sell stuff to me, or just have a conversation of how we can partner together and work together on some level, shoot me a text message, 516-540-5733. When you do that, I will respond. I have been telling people to reach out to me on all platforms and there was just too much all over the place. I am heavily on Instagram. There is a spam account out there. Make sure you're not writing to me on the spam account. And if anybody asks you for money or Forex or Bitcoin or any of that shit on my Instagram, it is not me. So definitely look for me. I'm trying to get some check mark now just so I don't get spam. But there's some guy, my pictures, my everything. And Instagram says it's fine. It's no problem. We can still do it. So don't fall for that crap. Definitely look for the official me. I don't know how you would do that at this point, but check the links on nicknicknick.com slash links. Anything that gets you there is officially me. So thank you so much for supporting the podcast. 
please follow us on Instagram and social media. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave reviews, and please interact with all the posts I'm putting out there. Even if you just like them, if you share them, if you put a little fist bump or a thumbs up in the comments, it really helps so much. It takes two seconds. I put a ton of time into doing these and putting that information out there for you guys. So hopefully you enjoy it. And if you do, please let the algorithms know, as you have heard on this podcast, that he'll say next how important that stuff is. So please help me help you, help you help me, and vice versa. And we'll have a good old time. Last but certainly not least, nickmcnick.com slash biggerpockets for a free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers if you are a real estate wholesaler, real estate broker, or real estate agent. Definitely reach out. Have a great day. Thank you for supporting us. A Game Podcast, real estate investment for entrepreneurs. Have a great day. All right, my guest today on the A Game Podcast is an SEO and SEM expert. He is the founder of ThisIsMySouthBay.com, and he specializes in helping founders, entrepreneurs, and business leaders, as well as small business owners, make sense of searchability and marketing on the internet, where SEO and SEM seem to be three-letter three words these days that people all are interested in but don't really understand. So we are going to dig to the bottom of that and so much more. Thank you for being on the A-Game Podcast today, Mr. Eric Seropian. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Nick. Definitely. And I appreciate the, the pr uh, pronunciation of my last name. It's been butchered I, my whole life. Yeah. So. <laughs> my, my get, mine gets butchered all the time, so I want to make sure. And sometimes I'll ask, and then you focus so much on not messing it up that you still mess it up. So It's I'm like, all good. Ah, <laughs> ah. So for, for people who are not 100% familiar with you, I can give them a little bit of, a, of your background, because especially I'm always interested in how you wound up getting into SEO and SEM. Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, we own a digital marketing agency called This Is My South Bay. I named the agency after the place in Los Angeles that I've pretty much lived in my entire life. Uh, it's a South Bay part of Los Angeles. We use uh, the strategies that we do for our company as almost like a case study for small businesses that are looking for hyper-local search engine optimization strategies. And so uh, we specialize in search engine optimization and all the things that go along with digital marketing. And unlike some other agencies, like for example, if you're using social media, we use social media to le leverage SEO. You know, if we're doing email marketing, it's to leverage SEO. Everything is front of mind is how do we get that free traffic coming in from Google uh, uh, for our clients? Because that's a game changer when you have that consistent flow of traffic, uh, you know, because people are at that moment searching for it. Like if you get into a car accident and you need a lawyer, you don't know anybody that can refer you, you're going to go online and search for it. And probably you're not going to go on the social media, you know, you're not going to go on Twitter or Facebook and try to search for it that way. Generally, you go to Google or Yahoo or Bing and, you know, or if you're uh, plumbing bursts or something like that and you need something on the spot, generally you're going to a search engine like Google. Right. That, that makes sense. So when we're talking about the differences here between SEO and, um, and SEM, I'm, I'm always interested in, in both to see the difference because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, things that are a lot bigger than just the subtleties that most people assume they are. But you touched on a couple of things that also made me want to bring up playing the game a little bit, because I think people don't realize that some of these sites, some of these platforms, like they have algorithms and things that they like and things that they don't like. And sometimes if you don't understand how to play the game, even if you think you're doing things the right way, it might not, it might not be taking in what you're putting out the way that you're, because you're just not following the rules. So I think understanding the language of things like Google is probably like these days when people talk about 
speaking Spanish and Italian and French and all these things, like the money language is probably learning how to talk Google these days. <laughs> well, uh, it's a good it's a good question. Uh, I think that there have been many search engines that have come and gone before Google. Now, the secret sauce to Google is that Google is very user centric. Other companies that have come and gone, they've been more advertiser centric. Like how do I get more advertising dollars? And so Google has always thought that advertisers will find us if we treat the users well. If you're searching for a pizza shop in downtown Chicago and you get a pizza shop in small town in Texas, it's not, it's not a good user experience. And so everything that when you're thinking about SEL and you're thinking of enticing Google to give you that traffic, um, you have to make sure that they're trying to deliver the best possible search results to its users. Now that happens a couple different ways. The first thing that I always start with, we just onboarded somebody a couple days ago. And the first thing that's the easiest thing to do that's in our control is a good user experience within the website. So you go from, you search for something from Google, you go to a website and the website takes too long to load or there are broken links on the page or on social, it's not, or on a mobile, it's not mobile friendly. Certain things aren't loading, other things are coming up with errors or you just don't have a good user experience on the website. That's gonna be a negative score against your website. You're probably not gonna get ranked if, it, if your website takes longer than a couple seconds to load. So that's the easiest place to start. You know, make sure that your website has, is up to, up to date, that it's functioning properly, things are loading, the graphics aren't too heavy and, and things like that. So when you're, when you're thinking about Google, think, you know, think, okay, what do they want from me? You know, just kind of look at it, you know, turn the tables and think, you know, what, what made Google so popular? And it's the fact that they're able to give such a good search result that users keep coming back. If, if I kept getting bad search results, I would go to another search engine. But they're doing such a good job of delivering really clean uh, results to me that you know, literally I type in what I'm looking for and before I even type it in, it's kind of guessing what I want. Uh, you know, it kind of has that auto fill in the search box. And that's because it has a file on me. It kind of sounds creepy, but it's kind of, uh, like, for instance, if I type in, uh, I don't know, uh, let's say I own a Honda Accord and I start typing in Honda Accord, maybe on my uh, autofill on the search box, it's going to say Honda Accord lease renewal. And maybe my next door neighbor that has a Honda Accord also, but they don't have a lease. Maybe it's going to say Honda Accord uh, repair or tune up or something like that. It kind of knows that this person has this car and it's a lease and this person across the street or next door has this car and it's a, you know, it's a five-year-old car, a 10-year-old car. Like it really, it has a file on our interests and, you know, what we do and things like that, all in the name of trying to give us, you know, uh, like almost laser beam-like search results. That's another interesting point. So when you look at the difference there between Google and some of these other ones, has it been the fact that so many people started using Google so the information got better and that allowed it to kind of at some point just hit a, hit a, hit a life of its own versus some of these other ones that tried to take off like, um, what, what was eHow? I think eHow was like one of the first, I don't even remember. It's a what lot. It was, Yahoo. 
All these like other ones, right? Go to and and Yahoo was there way before Google. Yeah. So I remember back in the day, like I would do uh, PPC pay-per-click campaigns, and uh, let's say you're selling. I'm just going to use a random thing. Let's say you're selling uh, pencils. Well, you would be able to bid on uh, the keyword socks to be able to get that traffic on the off chance that they would see that, oh, he has good pencils or whatever, and be able to, to buy. You could bid on almost anything in the beginning. And as time went on, people got tired of searching for a particular thing and having these go on a website, and it has nothing to do with what they were searching for. And so search engines would come and go, and advertisers wouldn't be able to, you know, they, they, they received cheap traffic, but it wasn't converting. And so that's why... Uh, with Google, if you just keep that in the back of your mind that, you know, uh, don't try to game it, try to try to think like, okay, if I can serve this up to Google and they spider my site and then they, they rank me, um, is it relevant content? Is it interesting content? You know, if it's a small business, like a local business, is it geographically where they would want to be? Like for instance, Los Angeles, uh, you know, to, to, to go 20 miles sometimes takes an hour. And so, you know, you own a restaurant and you want to target all these other places across town, but to drive an hour, they're not going to really do it unless, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhere where they could see other things or there's a, there's a show or something. And so what happens is you just kind of, you know, you, you rank for those keywords, people land on your webpage, they stay for a couple of seconds and they leave. And Google's watching that. Google's seeing, you know, time on site. Um, if your audience, if they, if they have a website, there's a free tool called Google Analytics. Everybody should have it. It's a, it's a free tool that you can, uh, you know, plug into your, the back end of your site that literally shows how many people came in per day, per week, per month, uh, per year, from which platform they came in from, how long they stayed, how many pages they went on on your website, time on site, top landing pages, top exit pages, everything, you know, where they came in from, which state, which country, everything you can, you can think of. And so Google is watching that. And so it'll give you, let's say you're ranking for a, let's say in your case, you're ranking for a podcast. And so you optimize for the keyword podcast. You get ranked for a, a particular, uh, let's say the A-game podcast. And so people, let's say you, you get 100 visitors to your site today. And out of the 100, 97 of them stay for over a minute. That's going to be a good metric for Google to consider. If 97 of them left within two seconds, guess what? Google's going to take away that, that, that keyword. So it's watching, it's testing to see, you know, how long the visitors are staying, you know, uh, are they are they clicking around? Are they going out of the pages? What are they doing? And so these are things that, you know, it's not just to get the audience to your website. You have to keep them engaged. You have to make sure that the content is something that they're consuming. Like if they come in looking for a podcast and you're selling them something else, then you're going to lose them. And that's going to show up on your analytics. It's another interesting point when you talk about that. So kind of two, two follow-ups there. Do the analytics and the times change from where you've seen it before to where it is today? Because I have probably as many have seen the attention span and the patience is at an 
all-time low. You know, I, I even find it myself. I went to go update something today on my phone. It took like three seconds, and I was like, I, I'm out. I'm out. I have time for this. So, you know, I, I'd assume like more than ever, there's less time on there. But they, you know, have they shifted kind of what is considered a long time now versus what was considered a long time then? Because I imagine that's changed a bit. Absolutely. You know, before we 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 had more patience. You know, t- ten years ago, you you could wait. Um, a couple seconds to, you know, to, to make sure you're on the right page. We would read through things and then we'd be like, okay, we're on the wrong website or this is not for me or whatever. Right now, it's like literally you land on the homepage and am I in the right place or let me just close this browser, go to the next one and next one, next one until I figure out, let me, let me find the one that I'm looking for. So absolutely. But uh, also Google is looking at your competitors. So if, you, if you're, it doesn't matter what was happening 10 years ago, like right now, if somebody is, if your average competitor time on site is, let's say a minute and you're at two minutes, you're golden. Then it's going to say, okay, let me see what, what other keywords does, does Nick have? Let me rank them for some of these other uh, uh, keywords. But if it's the other way around, then it's going to be more hesitant to give you more keywords and to give you the top 10 search results and, and things like that. So that, that number is always changing time on site, number of pages. There's a lot of... Um, data that comes in where um, on Google Analytics, there's something called bounce rate where they land on your website, whatever page it may be, and then they just leave. They don't go to any other pages. That used to be a bad thing. Now you're able to just click call from there. And so a lot of people, they find you and then they're like, okay, this was the website I was looking for. Let me just call them. They've been on your site probably before. And so they just click call. So before the bounce was a bad thing. Now it's you know, if, if you're on your phone and you're like, okay, I went to this restaurant, I like it, let me go to Google, I find it, boom, click call. You know, you, you're on the website for a couple of seconds and you click call. So we're, we're getting much faster. It doesn't mean that time on site is a horrible thing. But again, Google is watching that. Google knows how many phone calls came in uh, from that three second visit to your website. You just made me reconsider a bunch of stuff on my website with that because I, I do agree. Like I was taught, you don't want like a link for a phone call on there because X, Y, and Z reasons they're going to stay on longer if they don't, or, you know, you don't want to get in service through, but you're right. When I think about that, you know, sometimes I think people forget that when they're looking at sites and they're looking at just functionality and they take away what they would want or what they get annoyed with, because other people are going to feel the same way. And, and you're right. I was looking for jujitsu places yesterday and the ones that didn't have a place that I could click, I was like, I'm going to go to the next one. I don't feel like yeah. copying pasting this onto my, you know, so it's, it's a, uh, it's a very interesting point that I'm going to have to reconsider now. <laughs> yeah. So my, my follow-up there too, as well was I, and you, you did sort of answer it, but I was going to ask, I know, so Google takes an interest in, in looking around and figuring out what a reference point is comparatively to your competitors, but on top of that, if you wanted to know how you were doing, is that what Google Analytics would show is how your conversions and your time zones are relative to your competitors? Well, you know, you don't get the data that Google has as far as your competitors go, but you can, you can see there are some tools that are out there. I use SEMrush, there's Ahrefs, Moz. Google Data Planner is a, a, like a secondary thing that I would look at where you can see the ranking reports. And you can take a look at a, you know, a particular, first of all, you should take a look at your website to see which keywords you're ranked for. And then it gives you kind of an idea, you know, particular keyword, your, let's say you're ranked number 15, gets 300 searches a month, you know, gives some data on a per keyword where you're at and which ones are 
you know, which ones you would, you would like to target because most small businesses or even mid, mid-sized businesses, they can't really target thousands of keywords a month. So you kind of have to decide, you know, pick and choose the keywords that are, you know, highly relevant for you. And so that's something that we do in the beginning when we're onboarded somebody, uh, a, a, a client is we take a look, we do two analyses. We do one where we do a keyword analysis and we do a, secondly, we do a competitor analysis because everybody has that, especially with small businesses, there's that restaurant down the street or the mechanic shop that they're competing with, whatever it is. And they're like, if I could just be like that business, they're always busy. You know, the, I'd like to, I'd like to be at that level. And so everybody has that, you know, law firms or whatever. And so what we want to do is we want to lock in on those competitors, the direct ones, and do a keyword analysis on them to see what are they ranked for? You know, because before these tools, you would just be like, you know, pencil to paper, staring at the ceiling, trying to think of keywords that work for your business. And so we take those competitors that are ranked and we put together a keyword list of what they're ranked for. We give it to our client to tell us which keywords that they would love to rank for. And after that, we, we kind of have this thing that we do where we're looking for, first of all, first and foremost, most relevant, you know, the, the most relevant keyword, a keyword that we would love to rank for. Because a lot of times these businesses, it's almost like a lost leader. They're like, I'll just do it just to make the phone ring, but they're not making money from that service or product. Like if we're going to go through all this trouble, we'd like for them to monetize and, and make money from that. Thirdly, we want to have a, the keyword be a keyword that has the most amount of uh, search results, like the most searches with the least competition for that keyword. So if we can kind of have a, almost like a combination of those four things, then we lock in on those keywords to get started. Like back in the day, I, had a, a, I used to be a jewelry designer. I owned a jewelry business. And so when I tried this on my own business years ago, I went after the keyword jewelry. Now jewelry encompasses like a hundred things or hundreds of, you know, watches, pearls, color stones, men's jewelry, wedding ring, engagement bands, you know, like everything. And so even if you on the off chance that you rank for jewelry, you're not going to convert. You know, even if you are able to, you know, jump over the, Tiffany's of the world and the Cartier's of the world and, and all that, um, you're not going to convert. And so what we did was we went after keywords like, uh, I don't know, men's titanium wedding band, ladies, heart-shaped diamond engagement ring, you know, uh, things like, you know, four or five words to do a long tail keyword. Now there might be 300 searches a month for that keyword, but if I have it, and it's priced correctly and pictured correctly and everything is there and we give good service, we're gonna have a higher chance of conversion if we can rank for those keywords. So we went after keywords that literally have maybe 10 searches a day, but it was you know low competition and it's highly relevant. And so that's something to consider for small businesses because sometimes they go for like, it's a real estate agent and they go for the keyword real estate. And you're just not going to rank. It's going to be, and it could be, there's so many different segmentations of real estate that, you know, it's confusing for people to go and be like, oh, I wasn't looking for a real estate agent. I was looking for, 
you know, a real estate mortgage broker or whatever. Like there's so many different, you know, sub levels to it. And so if you can think of it that way, like, uh, uh, you know, break it down so that when you de define your meta tags, when you define your titles, your content, everything that you're doing, it's so clear to Google. And so Google can take that blog post or that page or that video, whatever kind of content that you do and be able to, without being confused, you know, uh, rank it. And when that traffic comes in, whether it's one a day from that, from that uh, ranking or a hundred a day, you have a higher chance of converting it. That makes sense. So I think that we're probably all guilty on some level of trying to go too generic with things like keywords and hashtags, thinking that we'll get caught. But I think what you're saying here is that the more generic you are, you think you're going to wind up in front of more people, but it's going to actually do the opposite because you're going to get buried so low in these generic hashtags and, and keywords that everybody else is using. Yes. Yeah. And okay. Don't get, it. don't get stuck in the vanity metrics, you know, as far as how many metrics, uh, how many impressions you get and, uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experience with doing social media um, influencer marketing, where there's there's somebody that has, you know, a million or 10 million followers, and you, uh, you expect that you're going to get some sales or some leads and things like that. It just doesn't happen. You know, it's almost like one in a million. And then you go after, you know, you, know, you, you do something with someone that has 50,000 followers. But it's so relevant, you know. It's the exact audience of of what uh, the client is offering that you get, you know, one out of a hundred or one out of five hundred. Like it's it's don't don't go after like the home run all the time. I'm not saying don't go after those keywords, but make sure that you build a foundation of keywords that um, you think are like really relevant. And if it's a local business, make sure that you put your your, your local keywords in there. Um, you know, if, like, like uh, for example, in Los Angeles, there's so many suburbs. So if you just put Los Angeles and in a city of 25 million, you know, people are just not getting around. So, you, you know, Los Angeles can include from Beverly Hills to Santa Monica to downtown Los Angeles to everywhere. And so you have to entice Google, you know, you have to show Google, here's my shop. I'm in this area. So it's very clear that when someone is on their cell phone, and they're standing, you know, uh, outside of your shop or a mile away, you'll be ranked higher than if that person was standing 20 miles away. So Google and, you know, when you're logged in, a lot of times we don't recognize, but when you're on your Facebook, you're always logged in on your cell phone. Or when you're on your, uh, when you're Googling, you're, in, you're logged into your Gmail or whatever. So they can, the, the algorithms, they can geo-target more or less triangulate where you're at. And so if you're standing, if you type in, and you, you should try this, if you're, if you're in uh, a particular part of town and you, you search for a particular kind of restaurant, let's say you say French restaurant, and then you go to the other side of town, you type in French restaurant, you'll have different search results that all come up, especially when you type in near me, because they know where you are and they're trying to give you the best possible search results. So if you're on vacation somewhere, it'll give you the best possible French restaurant if you Google that, uh, you know, if, if you were ever, ever in LA, it's going to give you a different search result. So keep that in mind that Google is trying to figure out, okay, where, where is the user and what are they looking for and who can I introduce them to? 
That makes total sense. So, you know, we, we dug a little bit right into the high level stuff, backing it up a little bit. What is a layman's term definition and difference between SEO search engine optimization and SEM? Search engine optimization is like, for instance, when you go to Google and you type in the search box, something that you're looking for. And then when you, when, when you hit search, you have the search engine results page that comes up. So the, usually the, the, the first three or so of the search results are sponsored. And the bottom two or three are, it says sponsored next to it. That fat middle is organically placed there. That's something where you can, you have a chance to get ranked. And that's, that's something that Google doesn't charge for it. That's a service that Google does for free to its users to say, hey, Nick, you should meet this plumber or this accountant or whatever, like wh wh whatever it is that you're searching for. And so the process of optimizing for that is called search engine optimization. So there's no fee. You're never in touch with Google. Um, it's just something that you have to do certain things a particular way for an extended period of time to start to get that traffic, that ranking in from Google. Now, search engine marketing is that plus uh, uh, Google ads. So that's where the sponsored comes in, where you can, you know, you can buy the traffic or you can buy the keywords. Now there's something extra that Google's been doing for years now, which it gives the, the, the campaign that you're doing, it gives each one of your keywords uh, a score. So, uh, and this has happened many times where um, we have a client that we do a, a campaign for them. And then Google gives them like a zero score or a one or two, two score. Google doesn't think that that keyword really matches the website. So it doesn't even want to sell the traffic to that website. Again, it's not a good, it's not a good user experience. So if it's not a good user experience, it's telling the advertiser, I'm not going to even sell you the, the traffic to this particular website. I'll sell it for these other but I won't sell it for, for these keywords because I don't think it's relevant. And so you, we go, we look at the keywords that they're not even selling to, because if they're not selling it to us, there's no way they're going to give the traffic for free. They're never going to rank us organically in the top 50 or hundred. So we, we've gone in the past and we've looked and we've been like, yeah, that keyword is getting a zero score because it's not even mentioned on the website. You're trying to sell, you know, a checkered men's shirt and that, phrase is not mentioned on anywhere on your website. So why would Google want to sell you that traffic? And so it's a, it's a good way to reverse engineer the, the, your SEO campaign by running some Google ads to see what Google thinks of your keywords. Each one of them are kind of laid out with that. And so, because a lot of uh, small businesses, they spend a lot of time and effort optimizing for keywords, which Google is never going to rank them for. And, it, and they, may the they may be the most talented person or company in that field, but they can't get Google's attention because Google doesn't see what it needs to see on the website in order to consider ranking it. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, 
whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com. Go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure. Or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. Really interesting. So is that where that comes in now that I think people... I'll hear them say, oh, you know, PPC is great. And then somebody else always pops up and goes, no, it's not. I did Google ads and I spent $10,000 in 15 minutes. But I think a lot of that, again, probably comes down to exactly what you're saying of them attempting to go too generic or trying to rank for things that too many people are clicking on that are not niche enough. So is it a safe assumption to say when you're starting out, it's more important than ever to really do that research ahead of time and target your keywords? Because otherwise, if you go too generic, everybody's clicking on your stuff and your budget's going to be blown in seconds. Yes. You, you, you uh, want to make sure that you start off slow, whether it's your SEO campaign or whether it's your Google ads campaign, uh, back into it, uh, you know, run a smaller campaign. Cause I've had people that tell me they want to run $20,000 the first month. And I tell them, let's do it month three, month one, let's do 3000. And let's go to 10, 10,000 second month. And then the third, you know, let's go, 100 a day, you know, 300 a day, et cetera, as opposed to boom, one shot. And that way we can collect data. We can start to get into Google's algorithm. And also, obviously, if you spend some money with Google ads, you get Google's attention more so than if you didn't. So and that, it takes time. It takes time to get in there. Um, like any business, um, you know, they value consistency and longevity. Like if you have a website that you've had up for 90 days, it's different than if you've had it up for nine years, you know, and, and uh, a lot of times these websites come in and Google, you know, the, the search engines have seen them all where somebody spins up a site, does all kinds of inappropriate spamming and, you know, all kinds of things. And then the site gets locked down and they, you know, whatever happened, happened. And so what Google is doing is, it's not ranking you right away. You, it takes some time to get ranked. And that's the thing I tell uh, a lot of people because I have this one client that comes to me every uh, beginning of November and they wanna do marketing SEO for Black Friday, Christmas, you know, the holiday season. And I always tell them, you know, you're about six months late. You can't just rank suddenly, you know, it's, it's, you can't even get the Google ads going in, in 30 days like that. You know, you need time. And Google is rewarding the companies that are consistently there. They're consistently blogging, consistently adding things to their website. You know, things that are going to be uh, enticing to, to the users. And so you, you have to think of SEO almost like a marathon. Whereas you could look at Google ads and some of the other like Facebook ads and whatever as, you know, more of a hundred yard dash you'll get more of an impact in a shorter amount of time. In time, if you're doing it correctly, your Google organic or, or your SEO campaigns should be the, the top of your digital marketing. Now, whether that's sales or lead generation or whatever the case may be, it should be at the top of it because you're getting that 
almost like that laser beam like search results for what, you, what you're offering coming in from Google. It's very interesting. And then another thing that you touched on that I, I think brings up a whole other thing is when you were talking about how using the social media and these other aspects that are all basically triggered towards going to your, your Google reputation. It's very interesting because now I'm seeing more and more, even on my own stuff, there's these fraud accounts that like copy your account and then people's accounts are getting shut down for stuff. So it's almost like if you build up everything on one social platform and then something happens that they freeze it up or take it away, your whole business is gone versus like you're saying, if, if you build almost a reputation across all of them, you're still going to be okay because most people are going to Google if they can't find you on Instagram, like where is their, their social media? And that's, I guess, where your stuff starts to come in, right? Yes. So um, that, that's a very good point because you really don't own your Instagram account, but you do own your website, your domain, everything. So if someone hacks your website, you can you know, figure it out and like it's yours. Um, it's difficult to get Instagram or Facebook on the phone or to get things. You know, sometimes they, you can never fix it. Other times it takes weeks and months and you know, a really long time. And so my suggestion always is we are all creatures of habit. Some people like only Twitter, others like only Snapchat or Instagram or others just like to go to websites. So what you want to do is you want to try to build across these platforms. So when it comes to your website, be sure that you have some kind of, uh, you know, subscribe so they can put their email uh, in there. You can do a monthly or quarterly or weekly, whatever uh, email blast. Let them know of new things that are happening in your industry, et cetera. Just stay in front of them. Do the same. Make sure that when you, you're doing that email blast, once in a while say, hey, join us on Facebook or be sure to follow us on Instagram. So get them across different platforms. So if your Instagram gets hacked or something happens, you still have that audience and you can reach out to them in different ways and, and let them know, hey, this happened. This is our new Instagram account and, and so on. And so there are people that they don't like to receive emails. They love the brand, but they don't wanna hear from them every day or every week. Um, they'd rather, you know, uh, follow them on Twitter or whatever. And so you have to make sure that you're in front of your audience in different ways. Now, the second thing to that is uh, one of the metrics that Google looks at in order to rank you is your social media campaign. So it's kind of interesting because uh, a lot of people don't see that. So let's say, for example, I have, I'm just going to use round numbers. Let's say I have 100 followers on my social media. And then last month I had 90 and next month I have 110 and the next month I have 120. I'm getting comments, follows, likes, shares across different platforms. Google's going to look at that and think, oh, like they're, they're heading in the right direction. They're doing some things right. And it's going to be almost like a check mark on the things that it's looking at in order to give you ranking. Inversely, if I have 100 followers and last month I had 110, the month before I had 120 and I'm losing followers and I'm hardly posting. And when I post, I'm not getting any follow. I'm not getting any new followers. I'm not getting any new likes, comments, shares, etc. It's going to sh show up as a negative metric. So uh, don't overlook your social media campaign. If you have one, don't overlook it and just lock in on Google. It's, it's a combination of things. And uh, you know, if your budget doesn't allow that you can post every day on social media, 
and do uh, SEO, then instead of posting every day, post once a week. Make sure that, you know, it's not how many times you post, it's the consistency of it. Because I see, you know, it's like in life, you know, you can't have 365 dinners January 1st and nothing the rest of the year. And so same applies for when you're doing posts, you can't do, you know, 300 posts on January 1st and nothing the rest of the year. I see sometimes clients where in the past, they didn't have any reviews on Yelp or Google or Facebook. They didn't have any reviews for five years. In one month, they got 300 reviews. And then they didn't get another review for the next five years. That doesn't look organic. That looks like something shady and it raises a flag with, with those platforms. So you have to be consistent. It has to be a consistent drip of you know, content on social media, on your website, blog, reviews, links coming in and, and, and everything. So that's, that's something that I try to praise all the time is that we have to do things consistently, not just like a shotgun blast and that's it. Now, this might not, this not, might not be a good system for some businesses. I know that there are some businesses that just are catered to, you know, December 1st to January 1st, the holiday season. Then I would say SEO is not for them. There's not a lot to talk about, you know, January 15th through October, end of October, there's not much to talk about. Then there's other things to, you know, there's other platforms to market on. But if you have consistently, you have a business that you're doing that year round is something that um, uh, you can market, you have to do it consistently. You can ramp up before your major seasons, but you can't leave it for six months and come back. I love that dinner analogy. That's hysterical. And it so <laughs> accurately paints the picture of what people try and do. I, I think that that's going to stick with me for a long time, for sure. <laughs> so um, you definitely touched on a couple of things. They keep taking notes over here for all these different stuff. But one of them you actually started leaning into. And I made a little note here about the, so the last time I was trying to do some of this, it was like right when they, they changed the iOS update and everyone's freaking out about like, you can't do stuff anymore like this because they changed the iOS update. And I know that you, you get the question a lot, like, what does it mean when they've changed the algorithm? So what is that? And how do you work around that and stay on top of that as somebody who, you know, really that's, that's kind of your niche, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So every time that they have an update, it's again, to give the best possible user experience. I talk about this all the time. So I probably talked about it right now at least five times. <laughs> but this is, this is kind of like, it's, it's in my brain that why are they doing things? Why are we not getting ranked? Or why did we get ranked? Or you know what happened? And so it's about the user experience. And sometimes they do things to uh, you know, make sure that they weed out the, the people that are trying to game the system. And sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, new technology came in and, you know, things like that. I'll give you an example. There, there used to be something where um, there, there's something called online link building, which is a huge part of SEL. It's kind of like, let's say I write a blog article about you or your company, and I give you a clickable link from my website pointing to your website. The more websites you have pointing to your website, the, the more your website will have a higher domain authority. Like it's taken seriously more so when I'm vouching for you, when I'm saying, you know, go to Nick's website and here it is, clickable, boom, and you go. And I write something about you and, and here you go. And so the more websites pointing to you, the better chance you have of getting ranked. 
Now, what people were doing, um, which was perfectly within the guidelines of Google back then, was that I would tell you, I wrote you an article and pointed to you. Now, if you could write an article and point it to me. And so we would be sharing link exchange. And so that was something that all of a sudden the marketers got into and it didn't cost anybody anything. They would just exchange links with all these websites and their domain authority would rise. And so the next time that Google did an algorithm, it's seeing what's happening and it's saying, wait a second, that's not what we were anticipating. And so when it made the algorithm change and you, those links that you were exchanging with others basically became a non-link. Like you would look, you had, let's say a thousand links. And then when the algorithm happened, you really only had 40 because it was a one-way link. So then your ranking would drop because of the drastic change. And so when Google makes these types of changes, you know, you're, you're going to have uh, these issues happen. The, the trick is to get back on the horse and, and go again. Um, that's, that's something that happened that was like a more honest way of spamming or, or whatever. Other things, it's, it's more obvious. Sometimes marketers will do all kinds of things to get ranked. And then when the algorithm happens, they get hit. And not only do they lose the ranking, they go into the sandbox where they can't get ranked for a long time for that, for that, yeah. uh, for that website. I had an issue years ago where I had a writer uh, that was doing content. And so um, I, I put the content up and the more content I put up, the worse our ranking got, like it was dropping. And so it turned out that this writer was just going in to our competitor and into their blog and copying, like copy paste word for word and uh, saying, I wrote this, I wrote this 2000 word article, but it's plagiarism. So now I know it's been, it's been many years, but you know, now there's plagiarism apps out there that you can run the content through and things like that. Huh. But I didn't know that. I didn't even know that that person can do it. Like I, I was shocked uh, at, at the, that they would do it. And so there are things that are blatantly, um, you know, uh, black hat, things that Google is just not going to like to, to take a content and pretend it's yours is a big no-no for Google. You could say, I read this article on Forbes.com and you could mention them on your blog and you can comment on the article and you can credit Forbes.com, but you can't pretend that you wrote that article instead of Forbes. And so, you know, there are things that marketers would do just to say, look, I did, I wrote, you know, uh, 40,000 words of uh, content for you this month, or I, you know, got these links or I got these whatever. So that's what the algorithm changes are there for. It's to keep, you know, uh, the, the best possible user experience and to keep uh, websites and companies honest about what's happening. And the smarter the marketers get, smarter Google gets. And I always tell people, don't try to waste, don't waste your time trying to outsmart Google or Facebook or, you know, you're just not, it's just not going to happen. Just do it. Like consider it building blocks. You know, let, let's say you get two links a month for the next 10 years, or you get a review a week for the next five years and so on. At some point, um, you're going to have something that uh, Google is going to look at and want to rank you. And, you know, you can go slower, depending on your budget, you can go faster, 
but these are things that you have to do almost in a textbook way. And if your if your if your budget is to do, you know, fifty blog posts a, a year, then do one a week. Do it. This is my Monday special, my you know Taco Tuesday special, or whatever you want to do. Give it a name and just blog it consistently. And you, at some point, Google will get into the habit of coming and spidering your site because it knows that you have content coming out regularly. I have uh, a friend that um, he's an accountant. Um, he hasn't changed his website in maybe 15 years. He's at the same location, does the same services, uh, same phone number, same everything. So he's like, I don't know what to write. You know, what am I going to do? What am I going to? And he gets zero ranking. Now, that's because Google doesn't even, you know, know that that website is around because every time that you make changes on your website, it pings Google. And so, you know, it's not like the second you make a change, Google is going to run in spite of your site. But over time, when you, when you get into that, Google's going to come in and be like, okay, let me see what they have new. Let me, let me see if it's relevant. Do I want to rank it? This keyword was ranked number 25. Let me move it to 23. There's all kinds of things that are happening. And so our thing is to just be consistently doing what Google likes. And the last thing I'll say on the subject, uh, on what Google likes is, you have to keep in mind that it's a, it's a two-way street. There's something on the back end of Google that's a, a no-follow meaning that when Google comes in to spider your site, you could put up a wall saying, thank you, Google, for stopping by, but I don't want any of my pages ranked on your search engine. This is a private site. I don't want it on, I don't want, I just want people that know me to come to my website. So you can do a no index, no follow. So if all of us in the world did that, then Google would be out of business. It has nothing to, to rank. It has nothing to, to show for search results. And so, how Google makes its money is that we're, we're doing this uh, dance where we're creating content and we're doing certain things to get ranked. And in exchange, Google is sending us traffic. It's sending us qualified leads on people that they think is a good fit between that user and, the, and our website. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He's played all over the world and he's also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. That's really interesting. So... A couple of things before I know we're kind of getting tight on time um, before we really go into your site and all that kind of stuff. Is there like a general budget that people should be able to start with or like a minimum or anything like that? Or is it really just more case by case? It's really case by case. And I always say in the first quarter, at least your budget should be smaller. 
don't worry about spending a ton of money. Um, and then after that, you can kind of grow it. It depends on the competition level that you have. Like if you're a lawyer in New York City and you spend 1500 a month, you're not going to make any noise. But if you're a smaller, in a smaller market or a market that's not as competitive or keyword that's not as competitive, you can make some noise. You can get things rolling in the right direction and then afterwards look at the data and see if it's worth it to, to ramp it up or to leave it where it's at and, and things like that. So the budget is kind of, you know, I talk to clients and, you know, I ask them for the keywords that they want and their competitors. And after that, we come back with some suggestions. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I, th I think again, it's an important thing because a lot of people probably do assume that hiring an SEO expert, SEM expert is very expensive. So talk about what kind of things you do to help businesses, help entrepreneurs and what kind of services you offer. Sure. So uh, we do their entire uh, digital marketing campaign if they want. Now, some businesses come in saying, I have somebody that does their so my social media or I have somebody, I don't want to do Yelp or whatever. So, but we do starting at, with the search engine optimization, we can do their Google ads campaign. We do some podcasting if they want to record something like this, because you can take this video that you're doing right now and download it onto YouTube, embed it onto your website, and you'll get ranking for whatever keyword you've targeted. So there's different ways to, to, to do it. We're also a Yelp agency. Uh, the difference between uh, you doing your own Yelp and us doing your Yelp is a huge difference. And it's your account. We don't charge anything for it. We just kind of do it to keep, you know, to take care of our clients, but it's a lower cost. You can embed a video onto your uh, carousel that uh, if you don't work with an agency, you can't. Um, if you, someone is searching for you, your competitors don't come up. So if you're under the umbrella of an agency, you get all these added benefits. So depending on how somebody wants, you know, what their thing is, because sometimes people come in and they've been burned a particular way and, or they don't have a budget for this and they want to do that. It's all around a conversation. It's a, it's almost like we're doing a custom campaign for our clients. That makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. So if people want to reach out to you, they want to figure out if they're a good fit for you and if you're a good fit for them for either SEO or SEM, what are some ways that they can find you, some things you can offer some of the people that might be listening to this podcast? Sure. So they could go to my website. It's thisismysouthbay.com. And uh, there's two things that we can, we can do. The first is right there on the homepage, there's, uh, uh, if you put in your name, email address, and the website that you're interested in getting more information, we can give you, a, we'll email you a, a free SEO report on that website. So it'll tell you which keywords you're ranked for, what's the search volume for that keyword, what position you're ranked for each one of those keywords. It's kind of interesting to see where your website is at. So it's a free report. They can, they can just uh, fill it in and submit it. The second is um, if they're interested in uh, you know, ideas or strategies or anything to go over uh, SEO, they can go to our website and click on the book now button and book a 30 minute free consultation. So it's a one time uh, uh, per, per company offer that we have where you can sit down with me on Zoom or on a phone call and just kind of uh, talk about strategies and see what your competitors are doing, what you would like to be doing. 
um, and look, you know, whatever the questions are that you might have, whether it's link building strategies or uh, online reputation management strategies or just flat out, you know, which keywords should I target? And we can go over that together. That is awesome. And we will definitely put those links in the show notes for any ways to find you. Is there places people can find you on social media and stuff in addition to that? Or do you really everything is everything is on the website? All my social media buttons, everything is is on the website. So if they go to thisismysouthbay.com, everything is there. That is awesome. And then uh, kind of wrapping up here for people that are listening and they're wondering like, well, you know, I, I could see you're obviously very intelligent. And these are the things that I recently had a discussion with one of my buddies, David Perey. And we were talking about us as real estate investors or business owners. There's so many things to know and do. And the two people that tend to pop up like at our masterminds or in our circles are the asset protection attorneys and the marketing for SEO and SEM guys where we're just kind of like, I, I don't understand that. I feel like I'll never learn that. So of all the things that we like to try and do ourselves as entrepreneurs and business owners, I feel like the legal side and this online marketing side are definitely the things that are well above my pay grade and most of the pay grades for the guys that I know and work with. So coming in and using somebody like you, I really honestly feels like the only way to do it. Like I, I could attempt to go in there and try and figure it out, but I have no reference point for what's good, what's bad. And I'm sure there's like common mistakes. Like I, I used the example at one of my, uh, I was teaching a class recently and I asked all the students like, hey, if you were gonna text me to see if I was interested in selling my home, what are some of the things you would text me? And they all fired off all this stuff. And I was like, every one of those is a flagged keyword. Like you would have spent all this money on marketing and not one of them went through, but you would have had no idea because you don't deal with anybody that knows that stuff. So I feel like you having that reference point of what works and what doesn't work, it's not common knowledge and it's not common sense necessarily. So you have to have somebody that really has their black belt and that kind of thing. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about it, but in just a quick synopsis, are there any common questions for people listening that you normally would get kind of in that intro call that they might be listening and say, okay, that makes sense. Those are some of the things they need to ask when they set up with you for a call. Sure. It's interesting to backtrack what you were saying, because I actually, there's a academy here that I teach classes at, uh, part-time, uh, uh, in Los Angeles, pre-COVID, and hopefully, fingers crossed, yeah. as COVID passes, we'll we'll get back into it. Um, and a lot of people that would come in, they just got tired of, you know, they, they would hire somebody overseas, it didn't work, and then they'd hire their neighbor's kid, and then they they'd hire somebody from Craigslist and whatever, and it just wasn't working. And they come in to learn, not to leave their business to do do the digital marketing, but they want to know where to, you know what to look at, what is a bounce rate, what's a, you know, what's a ranking, how do you get it, how, how do you lose it, and, you know, be able to talk to a marketer in the marketer's uh, language. So, you know, you have to get a little bit of an understanding, or you have to work with someone like us, where, you know, we lay out, okay, here's what happened, and here's what this means, and etc. cetera. Um, I, I think that you have to have some patience if you're doing it. Secondly, to the, the question of what do they ask, a lot of times I get what's it going to cost and how long is it going to take? So those are the couple of things. And what do I need to do? You know, and so a lot of times, you know, content would be great to get, but I know that people have a business to run and they're not really writers to sit there and write a 2000 word article on, like I have a client as a dentist to sit there and write 2000 word article on. Uh, root canal is not what they went to school for and that's not their skill set so 
instead of saying, we're not gonna do it, I have writers. So I have writers and then we send it to, to the client to edit it and approve it. And so it's easier for, for them to read through and take out a paragraph or add a word or, you know, then they get inspired and write a paragraph on their own and, and stuff like that, it becomes easier. But you cannot not do it. You know, you can't just say, let's turn away from it and not do it. And so um, that's something that I think everybody needs to, to understand. You know, you need to get reviews. You need to get links. You know, you need to make sure your website is functioning properly, that it has a good user experience. And again, the fact that your website doesn't load properly, it's not for you to go to school and try to figure out how to build websites and then work it backwards. You have a business to run. Everybody has you know, things to do. They have family, they have friends, they have a business. So it's better to have you know, an agency or somebody that is going to be able to you know, address all of these things. That's an awesome answer. And for anybody listening, it's one of those things where I'm sure, because as I'm even hearing this, it's kind of like, man, I wish I would have started doing this on a bigger level six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago. So it's never the perfect time. So it sounds like it, it really is the kind of thing where the sooner the better you can get on and figure out that call and just start planting those seeds because that looks like how it happens if I understand it correctly. You do. Awesome, man. Well, this has been absolutely outstanding. It's, it always blows my mind. I realize how much there is to learn about this stuff and how I just don't have the brain capacity for it. So I appreciate you coming on and having your black belt in this type of stuff and sharing some of your expertise and making yourself available for our listeners and entrepreneurs. Before I let you go, is there any other last thoughts you want to leave the audience with? Well, I would say, you know, uh, like you just said, uh, start it sooner than later, be consistent and be patient. Awesome. Well, you, sir, certainly bring your A-game to everything you do. You have brought your A-game to this podcast, and I thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Seropia. Have a great day, sir. Thank you.